the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The Jews that returned to Jerusalem to build a new temple, you know, they went out zealous. They went zealous for the work of the Lord, but when opposition arose, they became discouraged in the work and they quit. They stopped walking in the good work God had called them to walk in. And the work of the Lord was no longer a priority. And 16 years goes by. God sends Haggai to wake them up, get them back to the work. Israelites are always getting a bad rap for their weak faith. Pastor Dan shows us in Haggai that the children of Israel were so passionate to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple, and yet the fire burned out as quickly as they arrived. They had more important things to do, right? Today, as followers of Jesus, we may also experience this departure from doing the tasks for which God has called us. He might not be asking you to build a physical temple, but perhaps rededicate your life as a living temple to Him. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Haggai, chapter 1, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. There's a ring of truth have your Bible with you, we're going to begin the book of Haggai. And just think when you get to heaven and you see Haggai, you can say, I read your book. Haggai will say, finally, someone read my book. (laughs) Haggai chapter one. We're also going to look at Ezra, the book of Ezra. So if you want to go ahead and find that in your Bible, Haggai and Ezra. And let me pray for us and then we'll get into the word together. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We know that every jot and every tittle matters, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts. I pray and ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the book of Haggai is the second shortest book in the Old Testament at only 38 verses. And Haggai was one of the post-exilic prophets or one of the post-exile prophets. So he ministered after the 70-year exile in Babylon, in captivity. Zechariah and Malachi also are post-exile prophets. So the final three books of the Old Testament are post-exile prophets, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. The context of Haggai is really found in Ezra. And so we're going to begin tonight in Ezra. So turn with me back to Ezra chapter 1. And I just want to look at a few verses together here in Ezra to give us the context of Haggai. Now, the Jews that were living in Judah and in Jerusalem were conquered by the Babylonians and they were taken captive by the Babylonians and they were in captivity in Babylon 
for 70 years. During that captivity, Babylon was conquered by the Persians. And here in Ezra chapter 1, we read of a Persian king named Cyrus that allowed the Jewish people that were in captivity to return to Jerusalem to rebuild their temple to worship God. And again, that's described here in Ezra chapter 1. If you look at verse 1, Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing Saying, so notice it says here that the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, to issue this proclamation. And the proclamation is given to us in verse two. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me. At this point, Persia is the world empire. And he acknowledges that all of the kingdoms of the earth have been given to him by the Lord God of heaven. He says, and he, God, has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God which is in Jerusalem, and whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the freewill offering for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. So Cyrus issues this proclamation. He issues this decree, and he says here that the Lord has commanded him to build a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, for God, to rebuild the temple. Now, if you're a note taker, Isaiah chapter 44, listen. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 28. The Lord names Cyrus by name in that verse. It's a remarkable prophecy. The Lord God names Cyrus by name more than 200 years before Cyrus was born. And the Lord named him by name and said that Cyrus will rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And somehow this prophecy was shared with Cyrus. And Cyrus now, in response, his heart is stirred by the Lord, learning this prophecy. He issues this proclamation to build a house for God in Jerusalem. Not build the city of Jerusalem, just build the temple and Jerusalem, and he declares that all the Jews that are in his kingdom are free to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. Now look down in verse 7. Cyrus also returned the articles from the house of the Lord that Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, had taken from Jerusalem. So he returns all of the furniture you know, that was in the temple when it was conquered by the Babylonians, He also provided gold and silver. He also provided building materials needed to complete the building project. And so this proclamation is given. The Jews can return to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. 
And you would think that every Jewish person living in the Persian Empire would rejoice at the opportunity to return to Jerusalem, rebuild their temple, restore the worship of the Lord God. But less than 50,000 Jews decided to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple out of maybe a million or two million Jews who are living in Babylon at this point. Sadly, most of the Jews had assimilated into Babylon and they were comfortable in Babylon. You don't ever want to get comfortable in Babylon. They didn't want to leave Babylon. And so most of them stayed in Babylon, but there was this group of about 50,000 Jews who returned to Jerusalem to build the temple, to restore the worship of the Lord God of Israel. They were led by a guy named Zerubbabel, who was the governor, and Joshua, who was the high priest. We're going to see them in Haggai. Now, the Babylonians had destroyed Jerusalem. They burned it to the ground. They had destroyed the temple that Solomon had built. And so this small group of Jews that returned to Jerusalem, they had to first clear the ruins of the former temple before they could begin to build a new temple. And it took about two years to clear the temple mount and to lay the foundation of the new temple, just to get the foundation built. If you turn over in chapter 4 now, it takes them two years. All they have at this point is the foundation stones down. You know, they poured the slab, if you will, and that's it. And here in chapter four now, some of the Samaritans, they heard about this building project and they came to Jerusalem to offer their help to rebuild the temple, but the Jews declined their help. They said, no, thanks. And this began the hostility between the Samaritans and the Jews that we read about in the Gospels. In the New Testament, like the story of the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4, who says to Jesus, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew, we don't have any dealings with each other. Well, that hostility between the Samaritans and the Jews, it actually goes back to the time of Zerubbabel when the temple was being rebuilt in Jerusalem after the captivity. And so the Jews rejected the help of the Samaritans. And the Samaritans, in response, they attempted to discourage the people of Judah from doing the work. They tried to hinder the work of the Lord. And ultimately, they petitioned the new king of Persia to bring a halt to the building of the temple, which the king did. And so the work ceased and the Jews became discouraged in the work the Lord had called them to do. Listen, they became discouraged in the work the Lord had called them to do, and they quit. They just quit. They quit doing the work God had called them to do. They didn't persevere through the opposition they faced. They quit. And instead, they concentrated on themselves. They gave up on the work God had called them to do, and they turned their attention to the construction of their own homes. And they focused solely on themselves and their own material prosperity. And that became their priority. Their priority was not God or the work God had called them to do. Their priority was self. 
And this goes on, listen, this goes on for 16 years. It goes on for 16 years like this. For 16 years, they neglect the work that God had called them to do. For 16 years, weeds are growing up on the Temple Mount. They got the foundation, then they quit, and now they're just focused on building up their own material wealth. And after 16 years of spiritual apathy, God sends the prophet Haggai. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. He sends the prophet Haggai. He sends Haggai to wake up God's people, to wake them out of their spiritual slumber and their apathy and get them back to the work that God has called them to do. If you're a Christian here tonight, God has a calling on your life. He has called each of us to a specific work as part of his kingdom. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, Four good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There are good works that God has prepared for every one of us to walk in them, to fulfill them, to complete them. And the Bible says that we as Christians, that we one day, we were just singing about heaven, we one day will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And give an account for the work that we've been given to do. And we will receive rewards for our faithfulness to the good works God has called us to do. The Jews that returned to Jerusalem to build a new temple, you know, they went out zealous. They went zealous for the work of the Lord. But when opposition arose, they became discouraged in the work and they quit. They stopped walking in the good work God had called them to walk in. And the work of the Lord was no longer a priority. And 16 years goes by and God sends Haggai to wake him up and get him back to the work. Now, turn with me over to Haggai. That's the context here. Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. So this is 16 years later. It says, in the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, so Haggai receives this message to deliver first to Zerubbabel, the governor, and Joshua, the high priest, Haggai will receive four messages from the Lord in this little book, and he gives the date that he received the message. And so we know from the dates that he gives in this little book that his ministry only lasted about four months. 
And he only needs four months. Because <laughs> he gets things moving, as we're going to see. And the word of the Lord came first to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, and Joshua, the high priest. It came to the leaders first because they're the leaders. And they're not leading the nation. They've allowed the work of the Lord to be neglected for 16 years. And so God speaks to the leaders first. The only reason they're in Jerusalem is to rebuild the temple, and they're not doing that. And so verse 2 goes on. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, look, this my people. Doesn't say that, does it? This people says. Right? God doesn't say this my people. He says this people. They're not acting like God's people. And so he doesn't claim them as his people. He just says this people. Right? These people. They're not my people. But they are his people. But they're not acting like his people. Now God's people are concerned with the work of the Lord. God's people are concerned with the things that God has called them to walk in. God's people are concerned with obeying the Lord. God's people are concerned with glorifying the Lord. And for 16 years, these people have neglected the work of the Lord. And so he says, this people, they say, look what, look what they say. The time has not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. This was their big excuse. As to why they weren't building the house of the Lord. They said the time has not come. The time has not come for us to build the Lord's house. The time is not right. The time's not right for that. We're not saying we're never going to do it. But, but now is not the right time to do it. We'll get to it. But not now. We'll get to it. But later. Listen, give me your attention. One of the favorite tactics of the enemy is to convince us to put off the work of the Lord until later, until a better time. Don't do it right now. Do it later. This is not the right time to do the work of the Lord. Maybe after I graduate college or after I get my career started or after I get my business off the ground and I'm not so busy with work or once the kids are older, or when I retire, then I'll have time to really serve the Lord and do the Lord's work. But now is just not the right time for me. And we put off doing the good works God has called us to do until a better time comes. But that better time never comes, does it? We can always just put it off. And before you know it, 16 years goes by. And you're still saying, this isn't the right time. Not now. I want to do that someday. But now is not the time for me to do it. St. Augustine said, God has promised forgiveness to your repentance, but he has not promised tomorrow to your procrastination. I remember in the early days of this church, you know, my wife and I, we planted this church in we had our first child. We had a newborn baby. He was only a couple months old. We were new parents. I was working two part-time jobs. My wife was working a part-time job to support us. Uh, and one day I was talking to our old pastor on the phone, our old pastor from Florida, and he asked me, how many Bible studies are you teaching each week? 
And I said, well, we have the one Sunday morning service. And he said, your gift is teaching and you're only using your gift once a week. And I said, well, we've got a newborn baby. I'm working two jobs. And he said to me, there will always be a reason not to do the work of the Lord. And so that's why we have a Thursday night service going through the Old Testament. And we're almost finished. Here the people were saying, time has not come. Time is not right. We're just waiting for the right time. We don't have the time to build the temple right now. But once we have the time to do it, we'll do it. But now is not a good time. That was their excuse. That was their excuse for neglecting what God had called them to do. The only reason they're there in Jerusalem and they're not doing it. And they just have this excuse. And look at what the Lord says in response to their excuse. In verse 3, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panel houses? And this temple lies in ruins? They didn't have time to build God's house but they've got time to build their own houses. And they didn't build just basic shelters, you know, four walls and a door. They had paneled houses. That means they built like luxury homes for themselves, not builder grade anything. This is all custom work that they've got in their house. And you have to understand too, it's not like you just ordered materials from Home Depot like you might do today. They had to go out to the forest. They had to chop down the trees. They had to process the wood, plane the wood by hand, you know, make it into beams and planks and panels. A lot of work. Yet their excuse for not building the house of the Lord is, hey, we just don't have time to do that kind of work. Well, what about the house you've built for yourself? God calls them out on their excuse. God says, you found plenty of time to build luxury homes for yourself. And you're saying you don't have time to work on God's house. The issue wasn't really a lack of time. The issue was a lack of priorities. Serving the Lord and doing the Lord's work was not a priority for them. Their priorities were out of order. They were focused on self and not God. Building their own homes was a greater priority than building God's house. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, that we should seek first the kingdom of God. He's talking about priorities there. Seek first the kingdom of God. In Colossians chapter 1, it says, in all things, Jesus Christ should have preeminence. In all things. Not just churchy things, but all things. The New American Standard Bible says, Jesus should have first place in everything. Jesus should hold the place of preeminence in our lives. He should have first place in everything we do. We should always seek first the kingdom of God in everything we do, every decision we make, how we spend our time, how we spend our money, what we do, where we go. Jesus Christ and his kingdom should be our first priority ahead of everything else. But just like the Jews in Haggai, we can get our priorities out of order. We can put other things ahead of Jesus Christ in our lives. We can make other things a greater priority in life. We can put other things in that first place position and move Jesus down to second place or third place or even lower on the priority list. And then we can make excuses for having upside down priorities. Well, the timing's just not right. I'm just really busy right now, maybe later. I plan to get to that in the future. Me, how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Haggai, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We realize that there may be some unanswered questions you have from today's teaching. Would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about what you heard and try to encourage you in your spiritual walk with God. There are additional resources for you at calvaryec.com. So don't hesitate to explore what this ministry is all about. Ring of Truth is supported by Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. If you'd like to learn more about when and where we meet, service times and directions are on our website, calvaryec.com. To learn more about Pastor Dan or about what the church believes, we invite you to go to the About tab and read through some of that information on our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. You can email us, too, by going to the About tab and clicking on Contact. We hope you'll be excited to come back to hear more from the book of Haggai. Pastor Dan will continue teaching through this Old Testament prophetic book next time. So tune in and be a part of our listening audience once again. Until then, be learning and growing on your own as you dive into God's Word. Join us again on Ring of Truth. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.